Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fanatics. It's Fitzy joined by Mr. Todd Gurley. Or is that Matthew Grace? I can't tell. How you going, man? Yeah, good. I've pulled this one out of the wardrobe and I think as I said to you before the uh, we started recording is he's gone downhill ever since I bought this jersey. So that's probably my fault because I bought his jersey. But anyway, yeah. he's still a free agent. Maybe he'll get picked up before the end of the year. But uh, no, I'm going well. The uh, the Lights Khmer Action uh, finally got a win just this week. So I'm not uh, 0-3, which is fantastic. <laughs> that's right. We've got a few uh, 0-3 uh, teams in our league. And there's a bit of banter going around earlier today. It's a very fun well, funny time of year, I suppose. Gracie, just off the top, any any advice for the 0-3 sides out there? Because there's going to be quite a few of them after an uh, interesting start to the NFL season. Yeah, look, one of, one of the teams I actually drafted, so I um, kind of feel sorry for that guy. But uh, the uh, the other one's our American mate, and you'd think he'd know all about American football more than us. So I don't yeah. know if I uh, really want to give him any uh, tips. Fitzy <laughs> should know more than us, surely. So no, no just uh, keep at it. It changes. You know, there's been a lot of, um, I guess, players we've relied on in the past that haven't, you know, started all that well. Like a prime example for me, Alan Robertson's done nothing yeah. so far, but obviously, you know, QB issues there and even offensive line issues as well. So, um, yeah, there's plenty going on and some surprise packets, which we always find, um, even last year, there was some that just, you know, jumped out of the blocks. And, you know, we see a Cooper Cup at the moment. It's just, God, it's unreal what he's doing. But um, surely he'll he'll plateau a little bit and you'll see these regular guys come back like your Robertsons and Diggs. So, but uh, you just got to stick at it. Try and find those waiver wire, I yep. guess, you know, elite pickups which there's still a few out and about there and you know there'll be guys coming back from injury mid-season as well so plenty of uh, opportunities to pick up and all it takes is that one play you pick him up uh, i think in my first year i picked i can't remember who it was but i picked someone up like after like week four yep. you ended up becoming the starting running back for a team and that uh that that got me a long way to to success so yeah yep. it's, uh, it's just that one one sneaky pick that you get in when you've got that waiver wire I guess priority that, that definitely yep. gets you over the line. Yeah, that's a good good point and a, a good a good opinion on the on the sort of topic there. And I think it's probably now's the time that, as you're sort of saying, you know, the, the 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 players are starting to settle into the season. We know who's doing well, we know who's dropping off. But guys like you've mentioned there, Diggs, Calvin Ridley's another one that I've got. They'll bounce back, give them some time. But some sort of maybe later round picks that haven't quite worked out. Like, don't be afraid to cut these guys and pick up some maybe some running back, uh, you know, flyers off the waiver wire. Um, you know, like Peyton Barber this week's a really good example. I'm going to talk about him later on. But look to change up your roster a little bit I think at this stage if it's not working don't be afraid to cut some players who are underperforming but let's get into some big headlines from the week Gracie and I've got to uh, lead off the show here with Justin Tucker's 66 yard record breaking field goal to get the win over Detroit being a Ravens man I had to bring that up first off the bat <laughs> but that was a massive field goal it hit the upright and went through but just can't wait that was just amazing for the uh, for the Ravens to get the win oh it's huge like yeah they're those sort of moments in seasons that, you know, just, I guess, galvanize the team and, and just, you know, bring, I guess, hope. Not that the Ravens probably really need hope. They've got uh, fantastic offense and, and a well-renowned defense. So, but yeah, that was huge. I, I was working, so I wasn't actually watching this this game. And uh, it was, I, I think I got a Twitter notification pop up. And then as soon as you jump on Twitter, it's every post is about Justin Tucker's field goal. So, no, it's, uh, it was unreal. And, 
Um, you know, he's a, he's been a fantastic kicker in the league for a long time, and and I think he'll he'll be going for a long time at this rate if he keeps kicking them like that. So. Oh yeah, Adam Vinatieri style playing until he's in his mid forties. But let's yep. change it up to the Kansas City Chiefs, Gracie, because we'll talk about a few players from there as we get through the show. But they've got a few big issues at the moment. The first time they've been under five hundred. Since 2015, they're only one and two, and they've, they've conceded the most points uh, in the league. Uh, they're equal with Detroit at the moment. I think it's 95 or 94 points, which is huge alarm bells for the Chiefs. They had some issues on offense with fumbles as well. But the big man's come to town. Josh Gordon has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the story every, every year. He manages to find a way to hit the headlines. Josh Gordon, I don't know if he's going to change this team around uh, anytime soon, but alarm bells for Kansas City. Oh, it is. And obviously, you know, um, Andy Reid was in hospital after the game as well. He felt quite ill um, towards the end of the game. So they, they, I think he's all okay now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very worrying signs for the Chiefs. They've, they've had a, not the best defense, but they've always had a, a couple of good players who stand up. And, um, you know, some injuries have hurt them. And um, and they're just not their, their normal self on defense. And it's just allowing teams to... I guess, dominate them. And I think if, you know, you've got a running back, especially running backs, if you got a running back coming up against the Chiefs this week, like, God, definitely start them like they're in, in line for a big game. So, um, you know, look, if they fix their defense, you know, we know the Chiefs will be will be okay. Um, you know, my, my big question mark probably at the moment is, is one of their wide receivers, which we will get stuck into a little bit later. So, um, but you've got a couple more headlines here, Fitzy, yeah. as well. Yeah. Love running through these headlines. The, another big one was Justin Fields, who was a guy I know you were pretty keen on in the preseason, got his first start, and he only completed six passes for 68 yards. It was a dirty day for Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if you started him, you'd be very, very upset with yourself. But if you've got him on your bench and he's, you know, he's just there to stash in the hope that he does, uh, you know, turn around and light it up, I think you still hold him. I'm, I'm going to hold him for now. I just think there's a lot of upside there. Um, you know, first start, um, yep. fingers crossed, you know, they, they bounce back. And, you know, that offensive line hopefully helps him out a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see see how he goes, but I've still got hope in, in the young man. Especially as an Allen Robinson owner, because we know he's got so much talent. Just got to throw the ball up to him. But the last one I've got to mention here is Raiders, baby. The Las Vegas Raiders, of course, three and zip after that huge win in overtime against Miami. I'm just throwing that in there for our boy Herbs, Jason Herbert. He's a big Raiders fan. They're getting the job <laughs> done, Gracie. And I think it's almost time we start taking them seriously, but not just yet. Yeah, I think wait till they've got a run, I think, of about three or four games where they come up against some real contenders. So um, I'd definitely be uh, keeping an eye on them, though. They're, they're dominating. Obviously, did it without um, Josh Jacobs last week as well. And their running back game hasn't really gotten going massive. Obviously, Peyton Barber was was pretty good last week. But other than that, it's been a bit subpar. But, um, you know, like Henry Ruggs has been unreal. Waller, um, obviously, we'll talk about him as well. So, um, it's you know exciting times at uh, at the Raiders. I'm surprised Herbs yeah. isn't you know walking nude around town or something, or, or at oh, least you know painted as a as a Raider or something. Who knows? But it'll probably happen if they win the Super Bowl. I'd, yeah. I'd definitely keep your blinds closed come uh, February. That's for sure. <laughs> it's a disturbing image, but the defense <laughs> is getting done too as well. And Herbs yeah. is all sorts of excited for that one. But let's move through to the studs and duds of the week and kicking it off with the quarterbacks as we always do. And Justin Herbert. 
finally had that big game we were waiting for. He finished with 30 standard points with that in that win against Kansas City. 281 yards and four touchdowns he threw, which is more of what I was expecting as the quarterback for my team of the Herberts. Perverts, Gracie, if you don't mind. He looked yep. unreal. And again, that's a performance that I suppose we were sort of you know expecting would happen sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's always had the talent. I think now that uh, he's been more comfortable and and obviously another preseason, I suppose, um, under the belt has helped. So, you know, um, and w- uh, Williams has been the, the biggest uh, beneficiary of, of Herbert as well. And, you know, they've got um, Keenan Allen there as well, who's another massive offensive target that no doubt he'll benefit soon. But, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're in form, Fitzy, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, to uh, see how far they can actually go. I don't know, getting towards the end of the season, do you reckon pressure gets to him? I hope not because, you know, they're exciting when they're up and about, um, these young mm. quarterbacks. So Yeah, um, I agree. It's, it's a young quarterback's league, I feel. And and Justin Herbert, remember last year, of course, Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback and he got injured and, and Herbert sort of took over whatever week that was, week two or three. It was pretty early in the season, but he's had that whole preseason this year to really make a connection with Mike Williams, who I'm a huge fan of, Keenan Allen as well. Don't forget the good Austin Eckler in there. He can catch passes all day from the backfield too. So big things, I think, ahead for the Chargers. I reckon they're only just getting started but let's talk about young superstars josh allen he had another day out 37 standard fantasy points 358 yards five total touchdowns including a rushing touchdown and you put in the notes here and you're absolutely spot on that the bills finally got their passing game going emmanuel sanders had a day out and they're looking really dangerous again yeah it was unreal fitzy i was i was disappointed when i you know saw they got off to a good start and and Josh Allen's because I've got uh, Diggs. I'm hoping, yes, surely Diggs has got a touchdown or two by now, but he was the odd man out on the weekend. So um, Emmanuel Sanders had a, an absolute blinder. So he's always going to be a threat, Sanders, and, uh, but I think um, we'll find that Allen will, will go to, especially go in the in the tough games and the closer games, he'll definitely find his main target in Diggs eventually. Yep. So, um, But no, it's exciting. If you spend that early pick on Josh Allen, you, especially after last week, I think you'd be... Very comfortable with uh, where he's sitting right now. I think. I think if you've got a, a Herbert and Allen, um, I mean, I don't know if many would have expected Brady, but even Stafford, I think you'd be pretty happy and and pretty confident that they could take you to a to a fantasy playoff spot. Um, you know, in fifteen weeks' time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. And, of course, Allen's got Cole Beasley. He's got Knox, the tight end, got involved in the action. He's just lighting it up. But you've mentioned a couple of names there. Tom Brady, Matt Stafford make the stud list this week, both with 29 standard fantasy points. Brady was throwing the ball everywhere. He only threw one touchdown. He got one receiving, uh, rushing touchdown, sorry, 432 yards for the champion. And Matt Stafford, he is just lighting it up in Los Angeles. 343 yards, four touchdowns, man. Like They are just a completely different team with Stafford at quarterback and you've got Cooper Cup out there he's just having a huge season Deshaun Jackson's getting amongst the action we'll talk about them shortly but Brady and Stafford two veterans in the league are showing that the old guys can still do it it just shows like uh, how good a quarterback can be when they actually do have some weapons at their disposal you know Brady's always had Gronk and then you know he's always made the the wide receivers look good in, in Edelman. I mean, they've had talent as well, but, uh, you know, Stafford's just come to the Rams and, you know, you got Cooper Cup. Don't don't forget Robert Woods there as well. No doubt he'll get some um, attention down the track too. So, but Cooper Cup's just been phenomenal this year. And, yeah. 
You know, kind of wish I had have picked him in the end. It's, it, he's one of those funny ones, that Cooper Cup, and we'll, we'll talk about him once we get to the wide receivers. But, you know, the, the weapons that Stafford has, um, and as you said, Deshaun Jackson, he's always been known for his long downfield um, catches. So um, uh, it's exciting times if you're a Rams fan, that's for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They're playing some great football. But let's move through to the duds list for the week, Gracie. And we've put Matt Patrick Mahomes in here, maybe a little bit unfairly. He finished with 22.9 standard points. It was a fairly decent fantasy day. They had that loss, of course, we mentioned to the Chargers. But two interceptions. He had the three touchdowns there. But the Chiefs are really struggling. I'm going to throw it out there to say it's more because of their defense, as we pointed out earlier. But... Tyreek Hill is of concern at the moment. We'll talk about him shortly, but not a great day for Mahomes, the Chiefs, or Andy Reid for that matter. Yeah, no, it's just an all-around all bad, bad day for, for the Chiefs. So, um, it's I mean, 22.9, like I, th- I think my quarterback scored less than that, Fitzy. So, uh, I'd, I'd probably take a Mahomes at 22.9 most <laughs> weeks, but yeah. Uh, if that's your, if that's your floor, then uh, we know what Mahomes can do. But as you said, I don't think it's Mahomes. I think it's a an all round thing. And w- watching that game, there was an instance. I think um, he might have got sacked um, twice in the one one set of plays. And on the um, after the punt or when they went off, he pulled the whole offense together and just had a word to him on the sidelines. You know, obviously probably voicing his disappointment about how bad the the offensive line was and and not just that like your your wide receivers and and that as well so it's um concerning times for for the chiefs it will be watch this space we've got a few chiefs offensive players to run through as we go through the show but let's talk about a couple of rookie quarterbacks and you've already spoken about justin fields there he barely managed four fantasy points in standard leagues only 68 yards through the air sacked nine times in his first start but trevor lawrence gracie he's becoming a real problem for jacksonville he only scored the 7.46 fantasy points in that loss to the cardinals he had two fumbles two interceptions and it was a, another just really dirty day for trevor lawrence so he isn't quite living up to that expectation just yet no not yet and it's you know be dis- disappointing um being a fan as well so um I, I don't know do you if you've picked him up or you start like there's probably people there that are starting in fits you know i think you might have to start looking um for, for some waiver wire options um at the moment because I, I just don't know how they're going to get any better without um mm. i don't know a bit more protection or or he just needs a, a bit more time but it's it's very concerning um, yeah. especially from, from the number one pick. Yeah, it's it's very concerning, especially with the weapons that he does have. Marvin Jones Jr. is over there now. Chenault, they've got um, uh, DJ Shark as well. And, and James Robinson can catch passes from the backfield too. So it's concerning days. I think you're only starting him at this point if you're in a two-quarterback league. And even then, you're probably at a stretch to have him on the field, especially with you know, Heineke and these guys sitting on the waiver wire. Even Matt Stafford's available in, in a couple of leagues that I'm in. So they're the sorts of guys you need to be picking up and probably cutting ties with Trevor Lawrence. The last name we've got on the list here, Grayson, I really want to get your thoughts on Big Ben Roethlisberger and that loss to the Bengals. And the Bengals are playing some good football at the moment too, dude. We'll talk about them later. 318 yards through the air, only the one touchdown and a couple of interceptions. But without Juju and Deontay Johnson out there, he was checking down a lot to Najee Harris. But gee, I'll tell you what, the uh, the end might be near for, for Big Ben. Could be, Fitzy. I think we've, we've, we may have even um, said it to ourselves when we did fantasy a couple of years ago that he could have been done and um, and he ended up coming back last year and having quite a good year. So um, I think I might want to say a little bit more of, of Big Ben. It's, you know, not a great start to the fantasy year. And as you said, um, not throwing the ball downfield as much. But I'd like to see once Juju and Johnson are fully fit, 
um, whether that changes because Harris just adds another dimension to their offense. Um, obviously, um, getting a bulk of the work at the moment, but you know, you throw in those deep threats, it, it just opens it up for him. So, I think we might find a you know a, that once those guys are back, we'll see an improvement in uh, in Big Ben. Um, yep. You know, you don't want to see a guy like him go out um, like like the way he's playing at the moment. That's for sure. So, um, yep. yeah, I might uh, maybe he's still doing this in week six or seven. I might be uh, alarm bells for sure. <laughs> Right. We're going to make the big calls on the show as we've done for the first few weeks. But yeah, he definitely plays better with a deep thread like Antonio Brown for many years. So wait till those guys are back. But he's probably not startable in fantasy, but just something to keep an eye on because it's kind of sad seeing some veterans play well and some like Big Ben kind of falling away there. But let's keep the Pittsburgh flavor going with the running back studs. And we're kicking it off with Najee Harris. As we mentioned before, he had a really nice day in that loss to the Bengals. Only the 14 rush attempts for 40 yards, but 14 receptions, Gracie, for 104 yards through the air. That's a huge PPR day. Now, Big Ben threw the ball 58 times, which means that Harris had a 33% target share, which is huge. And I would suggest that he's probably going to keep this up until those boys, uh, Johnson and Juju are back. But that's great signs for a fantasy owner. Oh, absolutely. I think um, Johnson is probably most likely going to be out again this week. He's only just started sort of light jogging uh, this week. So, you would say that that also on this point to that he'll miss this week as well. And I'm not hundred percent sure on Juju, but um, yeah, if, if he's taking that much uh, target share, like for PPR league, if you've got him, you'd be, um, you'd definitely be uh, banking your money on, on winning most games. So, um, but no, he's definitely exciting talent. And um, even as a, as a running back, like to be able to have 104 yards receiving is, is huge. Yeah. So uh, in a non PPR league. So yeah, um, Still, I mean, you're going to start him every week at this stage, even if those two guys are back. I think he still gets, you know, four to seven, eight targets a game anyway, even yep. with those two back. So, because, you know, Juju is more your, your downfield long um, threat. So, um, and John, Johnson sort of does a bit of both. So, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable if, if you pick, took the punt on Harris. We do, we've always been a bit skeptical on the uh, on the rookie running backs and, and picking them early in drafts. But yeah. I think Najee's a, a one of a kind at the yeah. moment. I'll agree. And I've got another question to ask you on Harris, but I'll move on to the next player first because I'll, I'll sort of combine these into a question to follow up. But Claude Edwards-Hilaire had a decent fantasy day. We've been waiting for this one for a few weeks now. 17 rush attempts for 100 yards on the ground, which is fantastic for a Chiefs running back. You generally don't see them get high numbers like that. He also had a couple of receptions for nine yards and a touchdown. Now, he did have a fumble in there, uh, which was the Chiefs were pretty awful early on, but he sort of got the job done and sort of got fired up a bit in that second half. But... What I want to know, Gracie, is Edward Talaire or Najee Harris? Are either of those two guys sell high options at this point? Because, you know, take advantage of Edward Talaire's big game. He's got a big name on a big offense. And Harris's problem, you know, we know that Pittsburgh haven't done a lot on the ground, even last year with James Connor. Do you try and sell high on one of these two guys, do you think? I think if you're going to sell high, you'd probably have to throw in a maybe a, a relatively okay wide receiver. But, you know, you could try and, and aim for a, I mean, uh, maybe a Chubb or someone like that, Nick Chubb. Um, yep. uh, I know Montgomery, Montgomery, I don't know, one of those higher, not not your top end like your Henrys and Camaras, but sort of that next bracket down, maybe a Joe Mixon as yep. well. So, um, but you might have to throw a couple of players in there. I think, I, I just don't think you would get a like-for-like like swap for a Mixon for a Harris or Hilaire, especially the way Mixon's usage has been the first three weeks. He's been huge, so... 
Um, yeah, it's good. Good point though. I really don't mind mm. the idea of uh, of you know selling high on these guys after their hot starts. So um, yeah, definitely one to to consider, especially if you know whoever does have like a Mixon or a Chubb, if they've got a you know wide receivers who are struggling, you've got someone that's been okay. You might have rugs on your on your on your bench. You know, throw rugs in there, and you know it's a very entertaining offer. That's for sure. Look, as a Mixon owner, I won't lie, I'd probably uh, consider Harris plus someone for Joe Mixon. It's definitely a nice little upgrade that you can make there and sell high on these guys. And selling high is a lot harder than uh, sort of buying low, I guess, in a way. But let's get moving through these these names, Gracie. One guy I'm pretty excited to announce here on the stud list for the first time is Saquon Barkley, who didn't have a massive fantasy day, but he definitely bounced back and looks a bit more like the Saquon of old. He found the end zone on 16 rushes, 51 yards. He also had six catches for 43 yards. I own him in one league, and I think that this is something he can really start building on because he definitely looked like the Saquon of old. Oh, absolutely. He's uh, he's an RB2 in one of my other leagues. I, I don't know what happened in that league for me to get him an RB2 with my third pick. So, But uh, no, he's he's back to the Saquon of old, as you said, and you know the the sixteen rushes, six receptions. Yeah, that's gonna that's probably a low week from from when you know he was back at his best. So, I think you might find he'll improve on this uh, substantially in the coming coming weeks. And uh, if if you I guess stuck with him, you're definitely uh, keeping him on the field now. So, uh, yeah. I think you'll see you'll see Barkley more on the stud list uh, for the rest of the year than the dud list. That's for sure. Yeah, very excited to see him in there. I still feel as though for the season, he's probably going to finish around RB 10 to 12. I reckon he's going to, I think he's going to have some big weeks, but I reckon he'll also have some weeks where game script means they might keep him out a little bit, but watch this space. But a guy that I know you're massive on this season, Gracie, is Kareem Hunt. He had a really nice day out in that win, that huge win against the Bears, 21.5 standard points, 10 rush attempts for 81 yards. We know that he's really effective on the ground and he had six catches. Oh, sorry, I'm the wrong one. Six catches for 74 yards and a rushing touchdown. It's what I missed in there. I think Chubb out-touched him, uh, which is probably going to be the case most weeks. But we did go early, if you remember, on the Swift-Williams-Lions backfield being the best one-two punch in the NFL. But I think the Browns might have them covered now, man. Yeah, I think uh, like Hunt was a bit bit slower the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think Chubb had probably the majority – or he had, did have majority of the, the touches as well as, uh, as receptions. So – um, but you know, Hunt on in week three was unreal. I yeah, just was uh, in awe watching his score go up in my uh, in my team. So I was very very happy. And you know, as you said, he's very efficient on the ground. So um, you know, I said there, Chubb out touched him. However, Hunt was just way more way more productive and had some nice runs. And I think you know, it's back to his like KC days almost. Of he was just so dominant there that you know him and Hill and. Kelsey, they were just unstoppable. So, mm. um, you know, Hunt's sort of possibly getting back to his best. And we know that, you know, if, if Chubb does get injured, well, Hunt's usage will just go through the roof again. So, um, you know, he's, he's still going to have his low weeks, but, you know, his low weeks are like a, he's still going to score that seven, eight, nine points because of the yardage he gets. And then you get these games where he, he adds a couple of touchdowns to it and just goes above 20 points. So, um, I think we saw last year he had some monster games as well, even with Chubb playing. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited that I was able to snag him in our draft. And, um, you know, it could be an option that if he has another couple of good weeks, you know, he could be a possible sell high option as well for, for an upgrade. And um, who knows? 
Yeah, don't mind it. Maybe even try and sell him to the Chub owners to sort of get that one-two yeah. punch. Kareem Hunt's always been a really efficient player. Doesn't need a lot of touches to score really highly, but especially with Jarvis Landry out and Odell Beckham's made out of rice paper. So uh, Chubb and Hunt are always going to get a lot of usage on the ground and in the air. But let's talk about a guy that I'm really excited to bring up. Should have worn the jersey tonight, James Robinson. <laughs> Probably the only person on earth that has a James Robinson jersey. <laughs> Crazy, but he scored 19.4 points. Showed what he should be doing every week, how efficient he is as a runner as well. Well, 15 rushes for 88 yards. And he also had six receptions for 46 yards. I'm counting that as a bounce back considering the last few weeks, he's been awful to start the season. But I think that Urban Meyer finally realizes that he's got a stud running back on his team. And he needs to give him the ball as much as possible. I think that's the only way that's going to keep him in games at the moment, the way that their uh, offense is going with obviously Lawrence at uh, QB. So no, it was a very impressive game for him to bounce back. We obviously had the, the hammer on him early, Fitzy, a couple of uh, struggled weeks, and then um, he's just come back at us with a with a bang. So um, you'd be very pleased if you're a James Robertson owner, that's for sure. And yeah. as you said, they just got to give him the ball because we know how good he is. And, yeah, I can see him improving uh, on that 19.4 score from week three. Yeah, bring it on as an owner. I'm really excited. But another guy that's bounced back, and I snuck this into the sheet, was Zeke Elliott with that huge performance in the win over the Eagles Monday night football, 41 to 21 victory, if you don't mind. He's almost back to his old self. Tony Pollard's still involved in that offense fairly heavily, but he had 17 rush attempts, 95 yards, a couple of touchdowns, three catches for 21 yards as well. And all I'm going to say is he's back, Gracie. I feel like this is more what we expect. Of course, finding the end zone does help. Tony Pollard's not going away, but at least Zeke starting to put up these RB1 numbers we expected. Yeah, he's sort of uh, obviously last year he struggled a little bit and um, st- struggled early this year, but uh, no, you know, give him the ball. You saw what he can do on the on the, on the weekend against the Eagles and, um, you know, just he'll, he'll keep it going. We know, we know how good he is and, you know, Dak obviously back now and he played an unreal game as well. So, um, you know, there's good, some good threats there at, uh, at Dallas and their defense as well. Um, you know, watching the game, they did say that they've spent their last six draft picks have all been defensive players. And we saw on the weekend how good they were against Hertz and, and that um, Eagles offense. So, you know, if their defense holds up and, and gets them on the park more, it means more touches for Zeke. So um, it has a flow on effect uh, all the way through. And, you know, maybe all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys are, are going to be up there for a, uh, for a stint long into the playoffs. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I don't mind the Dallas Cowboys. When their offense is up and running, geez, they're good to watch. But let's talk about the duds of the week here, Gracie. And a couple probably unfairly because of injury. Of course, the talking point early in the week was Christian McCaffrey. He's gone down with that hamstring injury. Looking like he's probably going to miss multiple weeks at this stage. Chubba Hubbard we'll talk about later on as the pickup to replace him. Delvin Cook's the other one who missed the game on the weekend. Alexander Madison stepped up and had a very nice game in his spot. But a couple of uh, injuries early, Gracie, to guys that uh, were injury-prone going into the draft and probably meant that uh, Derek Henry might have been the pick out of those top three guys, given the injury history of these two fellas. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm spewing. I uh, I did have Mattinson on my bench uh, in our league and um, I ended up dropping him for, for someone else. I think one of the defenses in the end, so come back to buy me because he had a monster game but uh yeah i think you're right henry um you know we i don't think he's miss, missed much football himself so um look it, it's hard though because mccaffrey's such a dominant player when he's fit um doesn't need much of the ball to to put up big numbers so um and delvin cook's fairly similar as well his use is just through the roof um but yeah i'm uh 
McCaffrey, if you're a McCaffrey owner, you really hope you picked up his uh, his backup in the on the waiver wire because um, otherwise you might be in a bit of struggle town until he's back. But uh, hamstrings are a tough one. Um, you know, could be three weeks, could be two weeks, it could be six, seven, eight weeks. Like you just don't know. Um, you hope he has no setbacks and gets back on the field. And I think Cook may be back this week, Fitzy, from what I was reading earlier today, but uh, might be a wait and see. But um, I'm sure whoever's got Cook has Mattinson on their bench as well. Yeah, definitely. Just goes to show that handcuffing certain players are definitely worthwhile, especially when there's a clear cut back. You slot Madison in for one week and you don't miss out on too much. But there's a couple of sort of running back by committee situations I want to get your thoughts on here, Gracie. A couple of very murky waters with the uh, Ravens running backs to kick things off. Jackson led the way, as he always seems to, with seven rushes for 58 yards. Uh, uh, Murray was the next best with uh, seven rushes for 28 yards, even worse there. And Williams, Tyson Williams only had the five for 28. Now, I think it's probably safe to say we're steering completely clear of the Ravens running backs at this stage. I think when you yeah when you started the the season, you're looking at the Ravens running backs. I think you had a, a clear cut who you would have drafted relatively early in the draft. And then all of a sudden, injuries have just turned this running back by committee to being non-relevant in, uh, in fantasy at the moment because... You know, Lamar Jackson's quite clearly their number one running back. Yep. Um, so he's going to be the one that's that's going to do it all. So um, maybe if, if Jackson was to get injured, well, then they maybe become a bit more relevant to mine. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be steering clear at the moment, um, just waiting and, and, and seeing what happens um, on that one. So, yeah. Situation and and of course you know huge uh, I suppose uh, potential was with J.K. Uh, Dobbins to have a huge season this year after the way he finished last year and then obviously Gus Edwards got injured so I'd say that the running backs probably realistically aren't going to get a, a big gig in in Baltimore which they never really traditionally have but wait for Dobbins to come back in next year but the other situation I want to get your thoughts on Grace is the Texans running backs and they obviously picked up uh, Philip. Uh, Oh, I've gone blank now. Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay, sorry. Uh, David Johnson's still there and Mark Ingram as well. Sort of that three-headed attack. And now we know what Ingram did in week one. And since then, it's really been a, a nothing uh, nothing backfield, only the 17 attempts for 42 yards. So I guess another situation we're just completely avoiding at this stage. Oh, it's it's all over the shop at, uh, at Houston, isn't it? Just that and, you know, their QB um, with Watson, with what's happening with him, it's... You just can't trust anyone on that offense, I don't think, at the moment. Um, well, I wouldn't be anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a steer clear. You know, and they're coming up against the uh, the Panthers, I think. Well, they come up against the Panthers on the weekend, sorry. And um, their, their run defense is unreal. So, um, they're one of the, the top defenses, which we'll discuss as well. But, uh, yeah, it's steer clear in my opinion. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, let's move on to the wideouts, Gracie, and talk wide receivers, the studs of the week. And the guy you've already mentioned off the top of the show, Cooper Cup, had another massive week with nine catches off 12 targets, 96 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And he's been targeted double digits every game this year. But the other guy that seems to almost be filling that second slot is Deshaun Jackson. He's turned back the clock. 120 yards and one touchdown off only three catches. We know that's what he can do to Sean Jackson. As a Robert Woods owner, I'm pretty upset, but you must be happy if you picked up Cooper Cup in those middle rounds and he's just turned into the WR1 in fantasy football. If you wanted to at the moment, I think, I don't know if you've seen my uh, post in how little chat we have, but in one of my other leagues, I got offered five players for Cooper Cup 
Um, one of them was Aaron Rodgers, and there was a couple of wide receivers in there, running back. Like I could have, I could have picked anyone I wanted for Cooper Cup, but uh, it's in a PPR league, so I'm not doing that. Um, especially the the target that he's had, targets he's had at the moment, he's been targeted double digits um, in every game. So, you know, new new quarterback situation, he's just flourishing at the moment. As you said, you'd be very frustrated if you're a Robert Woods owner. Um, but yeah, if you pick Cup up in those middle rounds, as you mentioned. You would be uh, you'd be sitting back with a, a nice uh, nice scotch, I reckon, and just laughing at the rest of the uh, the competition. Definitely, imagine if you picked him up as like your third wide receiver. You've got so much trade yeah. value there as well. So, yeah, the Rams receivers getting it done at the moment. But another guy that flew completely under the radar this season, Grace, it was Mike Williams. He backed up his huge start to the year with another twenty six point two point. Performance in that win against Kansas City. Seven catches on nine targets, 122 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. We know Mike Williams is that big, deep ball threat, but he's really putting together a really good season. Of course, Keenan Allen takes away a bit of the attention, but he's been brilliant and another guy that you would have taken really late in drafts that's just flourishing this season. Oh, he'd be super happy if you picked him up, that's for sure. So I think he's always had the talent. He was a top top 10 pick, I think. I think he might have been picked seven or something. Um, back in his draft year, and uh, yeah, he was—he's he's always had the talent, but I just maybe the quarterback wasn't right. Um, who knows? But uh, I know he's—he's he's done something over the preseason, and and you know, Herbert the man um, is is just getting the best out of him, and it's it's great to see if you picked him up real late. So he's another one that if I was you, I'd be looking to sell very very high at the moment, like. You know, because I think you'll find some of these guys will come back, you know, down to earth a little bit. But, uh, you know, if you could get another okay wide receiver and maybe a good running back, like I'd be I'd be taking that trade in a heartbeat. So um, there's definitely a few options there um, to, to, to sell high. So, yeah, good call on that one, actually. Probably be looking to do, to do a bit the same because Mike Williams is probably your third wide receiver. I would think he probably wouldn't be your second unless you went really yep. heavy on running backs or maybe Travis Kelsey early on. So, yeah, really good sell high option. And I'll go through a couple of young guys here, Gracie. And Justin Jefferson's backing up that massive rookie campaign with another solid season. He had a great game of the win against Seattle. 118 yards, a touchdown. Caught uh, nine of 11 targets. And him and Adam Thielen have really sort of put that one-two punch together that we saw a little bit last year. Thielen's caught the four touchdowns. But I really, really like Justin Jefferson. The season he's putting together... He could be the number one wide receiver in, in years to come in fantasy football, but you must be really excited, especially if you took him early in your draft. Yeah, I think he's worthy of an early pick as well. So, um, you know, as you said, him and Thielen are, are creating that really great one-two punch and and providing that threat um, there for Cousins. So, now I'd be you'd be laughing if you uh, if you've got him on your team. Like, could you imagine if you had Cup, Williams, and Jefferson uh, in your team right now? You'd be uh, you'd be very very happy, I think. <laughs> You know what? If that was me, I would have benched like each one when they've had their big week, I reckon, because I'm oh, terrible. Guaranteed. <laughs> Another uh, young player and a rookie, for that matter, who's having a great season is Jamar Chase Gracie. He found the end zone twice in that, that win against the Steelers, 65 yards. He caught four or five passes, a really effective day. We have to talk a little bit about the Bengals, and we've we've sort of talked them up a little bit in weeks gone by, but they're right up there with the Raiders, uh, with the teams that maybe we need to start taking seriously. I definitely feel like we can start trusting Jamar Chase as a week-to-week option. Tyler Boyd had a decent game as well. He found the end zone. But the Bengals' offense, Gracie, a, a team that's been down for so long, maybe it's time we start looking at them a bit more seriously. 
you know, I think their, their wide receivers do have to be taken seriously now. And some of the mock drafts I did before the season had some of these guys getting drafted relatively early. So there's obviously a lot of hype there around them. But um, out of the four we've spoken about so far, including Chase, I'd be he. this is the guy that I'd be selling high on first, I think. Just, um, you know, I guess the unknown factor of, you know, hasn't done it before, I guess, and and that sort of stuff. But uh, I'd be, I'd be out of those four. I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna trade Cooper Cup. You'd be silly if you did that. You might as well quit your fantasy if you trade Cooper <laughs> Cup. But um, unless you got an unreal deal, like you got Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara out of it or something. But uh, yeah, I'd be selling uh, high on uh, on Chase if I could right now, um, yep. just for the okay. fact that I don't know if we can trust the Bengals wide receivers, uh, you know, to last the full season. So. Um, it'd be great if they did, but yeah, I'm selling high right now on on Chase. Yep, don't mind that call because yeah, rookie wide receivers do tend to sort of fade out as the season goes on. You know, Jalen Waddle's another one; he's been playing well at Miami. Maybe look to sort of try and flip him for an upgrade somewhere else. But uh, it is good to see the young guys doing well. But let's talk a few duds of the week, and a few of these are probably a little bit stiff. But we've got to kick it off with that with AJ Brown and Julio. Very interesting one, this one, Gracie. Brown's got the hamstring at the moment. Julio's got the little questionable tag next to his name, which I hope you get used to uh, as a Julio owner. But, of course, the Titans are going to be that run-first offense. But yeah. I don't know about this one. Julio's looking like he's going to be a boom or bust all season, depending on how much he's going to play. And Brown is obviously a bit of a watch this space with that hamstring. Absolutely. And, and the, the big thing is nine players caught catches on the weekend for the Titans, obviously including Henry. There was actually 12 targeted. So there was three others that didn't actually complete a catch. So that's too, that's way too concerning for me. If you're starting, uh, you know, some people might be starting AJ Brown as their number one wide receiver. And that's, that's super concerning at the moment. Um, you know, everything's going to go through Derek Henry. Um, he's going to get his 20 to 30 touches per game. And then the, the rest is just going to be sort of spread evenly, I think. So, you know, even if they're fully fit, I still don't think, you know, they're going to get their, their odd big games where Henry might not be uh, as productive. But, you know, it's very rare that Derrick Henry doesn't uh, produce um, in, in any game. So I'd be, uh, I'd be, if I'd be trying to trade Brown if I could and try and get something for him, whether it's a, you know, two half okay receivers that you can sort of rotate matchup wise, depending who they got each week. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm sticking clear of any of the Titans wide receivers yep. at the moment. Fair enough. And Tannehill has me playing terrible. It's just, yeah, they're a run-first offense at the end of the day, and that's just how it yeah. is. But another guy that's a bit stiff to be on the dud list is DeAndre Hopkins. And now the reason I put him on here, I know he's a game-time decision, but being in Australia, we can't afford game-time decisions, can we, <laughs> with our fantasy lineups unless you're setting the alarm. But what I wanted to point out here was how interesting it was. AJ Green stood up, Gracie, and had a big game, kind of out of nowhere, the old-school AJ Green. There's definitely enough usage going around in Arizona at the moment to sort of handle a two wide receivers, even maybe a third one that can be sort of up there in terms of who we can start with. Christian Kirk playing well. Uh, Rondell Moore had a quiet game this week, but I've got a little bit of interest in the Cardinals wide receivers just to see who sort of forms into that sort of solid second option next to Hopkins. Yeah, I think, as we know, Hopkins is the clear number one and and was a game-time decision. Um, I was I had the day off Monday, so I actually was up watching these games, and uh, I kept Hopkins on because I knew he was playing, and I wish I didn't in the end because I, I think I had someone that uh, this is in PPR that scored twenty plus points, so didn't cost me, which is good. But uh, yeah, it's um, I, I'm very interested in Adrian Green. I'd 
Mm. I, look, we know he can do it, and you know he's obviously um, fit now. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to see what AJ Green can do. You know they got Kirk as well, and more as you mentioned. You know they got a pretty um, attacking, uh, good attacking weapons there, and especially you know Murray under their QB, he's unreal. So mm. I'd be uh, I'd be jumping all over AJ Green if he's in your uh, in your waiver wire list at the moment. Yeah, I love it. I don't mind throwing a flyer on him. These are the sorts of guys. If you've got a, a Mark Ingram, like we mentioned before, cut ties with these guys and grab AJ Green. Just see what happens because you've got Kyle Amani, Kyler Murray running the ball. Chase Edmonds isn't doing a great deal. James Connor's not going to do a great deal. It's either run the ball with Murray or throw the ball to one of these four guys. And like I said, a couple of them at least are going to be startable, I think, going forward. So keep an eye on that situation. But a guy we've already mentioned, Gracie, here is Tyreek Hill. And we have to know what the hell is going on with Tyreek Hill. He had five receptions off, seven targets, 56 yards, and a fumble, which is uncharacteristic for Hill. But our team's starting to work out the Chiefs and in particular Tyreek Hill. It's a very interesting argument, but very concerning if you own him in fantasy. Oh, it's super concerning. He obviously had the big week one. The next two weeks have been well below his standards. So I think they're working out the or the defenses are concentrating on double teaming Tyreek Hill now. Um, I think they're willing to double team Hill and not give up those 760, 70 yard, yard plays that gets him near the end zone and, and you know let Kelsey get his... 10 to 20 yards or um, and those guys and Edward Tolaire, um, you know, catching the ball as well, getting the 10 to 20 yards. So I think they're working out. Let's, let's give the chiefs 10 to 20 yards and hopefully we can force a, as we've seen interceptions off Mahomes or, you know, fourth downs and things like that. So um, yeah, they they seem to be double teaming Hill on every uh, route that he runs at the moment. It's, it's, Big concerns if you're a Tyreek Hill fan, especially if you went early on him because he had such a good year last year. Uh, but we know the Chiefs were just beyond awesome last year. So, yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be concerning. Could be an option for someone who wants to try and get Hill. You could try and um, buy low, possibly. Who knows? Mm. Interesting. It's a fascinating sort of topic, the Chiefs offense. And of course, like Travis Kelsey's going on, like nothing's really changed. But Tyreek Hill, possibly a buy low, and Edward Talaire, possibly a sell high option, depending on your league and, and sort of what teams are zero and three, because they're the ones that you want to try and target. But before we move on to the tight ends, Gracie, there's two guys I want to cover because they're my two starting wide receivers in our league Robert Woods, who we have briefly mentioned. But Calvin Ridley had a good week last week, but a pr- pretty quiet one this week. Both teams got the win. Of course, uh, Woods and the and the Rams over the Bucks and Kelvin Ridley and the Falcons over the Giants. But these two guys had very quiet fantasy days. Ridley was targeted 11 times and the offense hasn't quite clicked just yet, I don't feel, for the Falcons. But are either of these two guys of concern? Of course, we have mentioned Woods, but I mean, Kelvin Ridley surely has got to turn it around because I really need him to. Yeah, I think we've, uh, we've seen the, I think Ridley, it's just the Falcons offense. You know, we'll talk about Kyle Pitts shortly but um yeah i'm not too concerned with ridley i think he's still a viable option there and um and he'll do, you know as you said there's they got washington this week um big game for him so uh robert woods i still think he's an rb2 i don't think we're going to see deshaun J- jackson do 120 yards every week and score a touchdown um yeah i still think woods is number two and i think you know it's not far away that woods puts a stretch of maybe four, five, six games together where he scores 10 to 15 fantasy points 
per yep. game. Um, and, you know, obviously Cooper Cup's probably going to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, if you're an owner, you're probably hoping not. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm not right. too concerned about these two. Obviously, a slow start to the year, but uh, we know how good they are, and I think they'll bounce back. No problems. Yeah. I agree. Well, the thing with Woods is he can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. He can also get touches in the backfield. So he's a pretty versatile player. And I think the thing with the Falcons is if Kadaro Patterson is your number one offensive threat, then you've got some issues on the team. And Pitts is one you mentioned earlier. Mike Davis has been a bit of a bust so far. But look, let's get on to the topic of tight ends while we're thinking about it. And a couple of uh, studs for the week. The first one off the list here, Gracie, Dalton Schultz. Sort of a fairly no-name sort of player. He had a couple of good games last year, of course, in that big win against Dallas. He found the end zone twice, 80 yards, seven targets, six catches. Just a fantastic performance. Now, I'm just thinking he's got Blake Jarwin in town, the other tight end, of course, with Dallas. But is he one just to stash on your bench and see? Because we have seen a couple of sort of mid-range uh, drafted tight ends not quite live up to the hype, which we'll talk shortly about. But is he one that you maybe just put on the bench? And we saw him do it last year at times and just see what happens. Yeah, I think so. I think you could stash him, and I think it's going to be fingers crossed when you when you put him on or put him in, yeah, that he scores big, or you know, and it's not the weeks that you have him on the bench where he goes big like he did this week. So I think you got to pick your matchups, do your research on how the the defenses go against tight ends uh, each week. But um, yeah, Schultz was a a targeted man uh, by Dak on the weekend and um, and obviously found the end zone twice. So his second touchdown was actually a running one. He ran quite a few yards in the end to get there. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's a good game from him and uh, and it's definitely matchup dependent for, for Dalton Schultz. But I'd be stashing him. Who knows if, if he gets a bit of a run on, he's a sell high option again. Um, some of these tight ends, if especially if... You know, you, you're someone like me who does have a Kyle Pitts and if he keeps struggling or, um, you know, obviously Hawkinson's another one and, and Noah Fan you've got there as well. So there's there's plenty of tight ends that are struggling at the moment that, um, you know, if one of these guys gets a run on, it's definitely a sell, sell uh, high option. Yeah, don't mind it. Even like like grabbing a Dalton Shorts and maybe connecting him with uh, Robert Tonyan and you sort of play the matchups with two of those guys. I don't think there's any harm in rostering a couple of those kind of lower-end tight ends and just playing the matchups because, of course, most tight ends are touchdown dependent. And a couple of guys here that usually are touchdown dependent, one of them being Mark Andrews Gracie. He had a big day out, 109 yards, which almost came out of nowhere for mine on seven targets, five receptions. It was a huge day. Lamar had almost 300 yards passing, which is massive for Lamar Jackson. But you'd say at this point, uh, Mark Andrews is probably still a touchdown dependent tight end, yep. but definitely one that you could sort of link up with maybe Dal- uh, Dalton Schultz and just sort of play the matchups between the two of them. Yeah, I think him, uh, Schultz and Tonyan are all in a similar group. It's matchup dependent. They were like that last year. Andrews maybe a little bit more consistent last year than the other two, but uh, I mean, Tonyan did have an unreal year, but uh yeah, it's, it's, it's just too hard to, to pick which one of those is going to be on each week. And you'd really got to do your research on the defenses and, and see who's going to gonna be that, I guess, that best pick for the week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. And one guy, will, before we move on to the duds, is Travis Kelsey. He's just a fixture on this list, Gracie. He was probably the one bright spark in that loss to the Chargers. He had uh, seven, seven catches off 11 targets, 104 yards. Broke 100 yards for the second uh, second week in a row. And you definitely feel comfortable if you took him sort of towards the end of the first round. But we won't talk about Kelsey too much because he's just a fixture in that list, as mentioned. But a couple of duds of the week. And the first one being TJ Hawkinson. I'm all in on him this year, as I've said a few times on the show. But he only caught the two passes off the two targets for a measly 
10 yards. But I will say that Goff only attempted 30 passes for the games. And I think the Ravens really put some time into shutting down Hawkinson because other than him, Goff really doesn't have too many big weapons on that offense to pass to. Oh, I totally agree. And Baltimore did their work and obviously got them the win. So, um, yeah, it's Hawkinson. I'm not too worried about him at the moment. He's, yeah, he's a gun. We know what he can do. So, um, I'd, I'd be comfortable still starting him. Just yeah. an off week. So. Yeah, that's all it would be. And and a guy that's had a few off weeks now, Gracie's Noah Fant. He only had the 1.5 fantasy points, caught two or three targets for 15 yards. Now, we found the end zone last week. We haven't brought up Noah Fant. I was huge on him last year, uh, but this year he just hasn't quite made that connection with Teddy Bridgewater. Arguably, he's sort of been superseded with Cortland Sutton back in the lineup. Jerry Judy's still got a return at some stage. Are we cutting ties with Noah Fant? He's now the week to look at the waiver wire and maybe pick up one of these guys we've already spoken about and, and cut ties eyes with him yeah i think this is where you got to make a harsh call and i think he's got to go just said um jerry judy still to come back melvin gordon's taking on a much bigger role in that offense as well um he's been unreal um so yeah there's 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 other other targets there that are getting more more um i guess usage and yeah i just don't think no offense one that you can rely on now to to keep winning your games like you know you don't want to be losing four or five or six in a row um, with Noah Fan in your side, especially when you know you got guys like Dalton Schultz who could, mm. you know, get those twenty-point games and turn one of those losses into a win. So, yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be trying to ditch Noah Fan if I could. Yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. Like I said, I was massive on Noah Fant last season. But you know what will happen? You'll drop him and you'll score a touchdown this week. But even I'm just looking at the waiver wire list. In our league, for example, Tyler Conklin from Minnesota, he caught a touchdown. Like These are the guys you probably want to play the matchups with if you're going to pick them yeah. up. But Noah Fant, definitely not the mid-round pick that we were hoping. But one guy I've got to get your thoughts on before we move on, Gracie, is Kyle Pitts. I think you've mentioned him on every podcast so far. Now, the Falcons did get the win over the, the Giants. They're 17-14. But Pitts hasn't quite lived up to the high just yet. He did have one big catch of 25 yards, but Washington this week, I feel like that's probably the chance for him to have a breakout game and really show what he can do. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the, it seems to be the defenses might be putting a bit more time into some tight ends uh, this year. So, um, once again, I'm, I'm a bit like Hawkinson on this one. I'm not too worried about Pitts. It's concerning, you know, 3.5 points, but, um, you know, I know what the upside could be if he does does get going it could be very much like a travis kelsey so um yeah i'm gonna gonna stick with him and uh and keep picking him every week until he continues to give me 3.5s so <laughs> yeah no that's fair enough and we do know the uh sort of the curse on rookie tight ends and he feels like he, he's probably one big game away from really breaking it open and i think atlanta's got another gear or two probably to to get to as well but let's keep moving through here gracie to the defense and special team stream is my favorite segment of the week giving you some dst options for the week coming up and the number one team on the list is the one that i'm the biggest on gracie it's the new orleans saints only owned in 56% of leagues still, and they are a must-add at this point. They need to be picked up, and they need to be played every week. They're playing some great football at the moment, but two that probably are sitting on your waiver wire right now. Number one, it's the Tennessee Titans, only only 12% of leagues. They've got the New York Jets this week. We know Zach Wilson loves throwing interceptions, and our guys at the Cincinnati Bengals, Gracie, I think it is time we start showing them some respect. They're only owned in 7% of leagues. They were brilliant against Big Ben last week, and they've got Trevor Lawrence, the turnover 
turnover machine this week. So at least the Titans and Bengals should be available on your free agent uh, waiver wire at the moment. Or if the Saints are sitting there, you need to pick these guys up and start playing them because they're, they're just getting it done week to week at the moment. Yeah, sorry, I agree, I agree with all those ones there. The Saints have been unreal. Week two, they were a little down, but weeks one and three, my God, they were unreal. So, um, you know, they're getting touchdowns, interceptions. They got a block on the weekend. Like, just insane what they're doing on defense. So, you know, um, I'd definitely be comfortable starting them every week. You know, I think the defense, you still got to do a little bit of matchup dependent um, on defenses. But look, look at some of the projections from the weekend, like, the projections were so far off what some of the, the defenses actually scored. It was just ridiculous. So um, I think it's matchup dependent um, a little bit. But yeah, the, the three you've mentioned there this week, they should be in this week 100%. So yep. um, yeah, I'll be uh, comfortable starting. And even might have to might have to go pick up the Bengals one in our league, I reckon. I, I don't don't know if they're still available. But uh, I know the Titans have been picked up, Fitzy, by our, our Titans man in in Matt, but uh, yeah, no doubt he'll be starting his Titans this week. Yeah, I think he probably should. But is it any truth to the rumor, Grace, that last week you had three defenses on your roster? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. So I, uh, who do I start? I went. Well, I had the Cardinals on up until Friday, and I'm yep. like, no, nah, I want, I want, it, I want someone playing for, in Friday's game. So I put the Panthers defense on, and they still scored well. They scored ten points, and. The Cardinals went and scored 15 points for me, which would have made my win a little bit more comfortable. But uh, mm. And then I'm just stashing the Ravens' defense at the moment. But uh, they've been a bit under underperforming, just a slight little bit. Of yeah. So yeah. I'll just see how they go for the next couple of weeks. But uh, the Ravens could become available if I uh, lose patience with them. I love it. Well, keep an eye out if I need a defense. You're the man to go to. But let's move on to the final segment here. Before we get to your big, bold call of the week too, don't forget, but some free agent pickups uh, and a couple of running backs here. I just want to get your thoughts off these two guys. Chubba Hubbard, of course, Christian McCaffrey is going to be out a few weeks. Now, he's obviously just a short-term play, but we did see what Mike Davis did last year. He's going to get a lot of usage in that offense. And I feel like if you were a Christian McCaffrey owner who didn't pick up Hubbard, I think what are you doing? You know, we talk about handcuffs quite a bit, but if he's sitting there on your waiver wire, he's probably not a number one waiver wire pick, though, I don't reckon, Gracie, unless you're a Christian McCaffrey owner. Uh, so he's one to look at if he's still sitting there. And Peyton Barber, of course, Josh Jacobs, looks like he might miss this week as well. Barber had a huge game last week. He found the end zone on 100 and so yards. He's probably a little bit of a stash on the bench and just see what happens, I feel. But you got your eyes on either of these two guys? Yeah, well, I, I actually picked up uh, Hubbard today. So I... Uh... I think I had the fourth or fifth waiver wire pick, so I got in before the rest of them. Um, and unfortunately, the uh, McCaffrey owner had the ninth uh, <laughs> waiver wire pick, so I got in before him. So he's uh, he's projected to score quite good this week, so it's going to be a tough decision for me to whether I start him over like a Kareem Hunt or someone like that. So, um, yeah, no, I'll, unless I entertain a trade, I could uh, could do that. We'll just see. I don't mind it. I um, I, I thought a few people might go for him this week, so I didn't put the waiver claim in just to try and sneak up the rankings a little bit more on the waiver wire list. But one guy I've mentioned once already in this show, I can't believe I've only said his name once, Josh Gordon. I have to bring him up, man. He's now with the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen what he can do all the way back in 2013, but he's already owned in 12% of leagues. Are you buying into any of this hype at all or are you just going to let it go? No, I'm going to let it go because uh... – uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are not going to share their targets that they're currently receiving. So, um, you know, I, I still think Hill will get out of his funk that he's in at the moment. And I think the Chiefs will also get out of their funk. They're too good of a team. 
Um, so I think we'll see Hill and Kelsey take up majority. It just pushes those other guys out of fantasy relevance, honestly. It'll affect Edwards Hilaire as well um, on the receiving end. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm unless Gordon can put together like four or five weeks of good stuff, I just yep. can't trust him. I don't think it's been eight years since he's had a good season. Um, you know, he's had good quarterbacks in the past in uh, with Brady as well. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying into it just yet. Oh, that's no fun at all because I'm a huge Josh Gordon <laughs> fan, being a bit of a veteran and seeing what he can do. It's just, it's a funny story. If you're new to fantasy football, look up Josh Gordon highlights from 2013 with the Browns. But two names I'll quickly throw off the uh, off the top here, Gracie. AJ Green and Christian Kirk are both only owned in 30% of league, uh, leagues. I think they're both worth owning at this stage. We've already discussed the Arizona wide receiver situation. And one final name I want to throw up there is Marlon Mack. Now, he's only owned in uh, 3% of leagues. He was a fairly decent start running back a couple of years ago before he did the ACL, I believe, and he was out and Jonathan Taylor came to town, but he's requested a trade from the Colts. So if you're in a really deep league, I feel like he might be worth a stash just to see where he ends up. You never know. He might go to the 49ers and take over that starting role, or he could go anywhere and and see an uptick in usage. So if you're in a really deep league, pick up Marlon Mack and just see what happens. But before we wrap up the show, Gracie, we need to get the big, bold call of the week. This is my favorite segment by uh, by a long way, actually. What have you got for us this week? I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots, and they will dominate the Buccaneers. So it's obviously Brady's uh, first game at Patriots Stadium um, since he he obviously uh, made the switch. So I'm going to go with the Patriots' defense goes bananas on Tom Brady. Cool. Would you be uh, willing to pick them up as your number four defense and start them this week? No, I'm not going to start them because we know what Brady can do, but... Uh, yeah, obviously Brady was under the pump a little bit last week, and um, yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be very very interesting to see how this game goes. It's gonna be a great game to watch, and uh, yeah, I just think the Patriots defense they've got, obviously got a few players back from last year. Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're actually looking okay, and obviously uh, Belichick will have something up his sleeve, no doubt. So um, yeah, that, that's my big call. Is that, you know I wouldn't be surprised to see him get you know sacked a few times, and you know maybe a couple of interceptions or even a pick six. Um, I don't mind it. I actually really don't mind that. Of course, James White, I think, is going to be out for the game. He might be out for a few weeks. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick's cooking something up uh, to take on the Buccaneers and, and Brady's big return. But, Gracie, again, thank you for a, a very insightful week this week. Starts to get interesting from here with fantasy football. But don't give up if you're 0-3. and three. Maybe give up if you're 0-4 and four next week. But <laughs> otherwise, it's been a great episode once again. But, look, we've got so much happening around the Grey Wolf Network at the moment. Talking Hoops, the rebranded Grey Wolf Hoops uh, episode one is up right now. We're now uh, with Ned and myself is going from strength to strength. A new episode will be up soon. Gracie, we're talking rebranded Grey Wolf footy as well. So you'll be able to see our beautiful faces all the way through summer talking different codes of football. But until next week, Todd Gurley, it's been a pleasure and good luck for the week. Thank you. You too. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.